better word, is good. The time came when the ticker tape in the broker's office told a new story. It was panic. Sixteen and a half million shares of stock sold in a single day. Oh, God, I forgot to take off the picture. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Stock Dirty to Me, the number one podcast for beginner investors. I am, of course, Phil Bennett, the podcast mogul. And beside me is the legend himself, the millionaire investor, Lloyd Ross, who's going to be answering your questions for understanding how to properly invest in anything related to the stock market. How are you doing, Lloyd? Good man, I didn't know we were number one. That's amazing. Go us. <laughs> yeah, we're number one for that's beginner one investors. That's what I'm saying. That's um, that's true. We have yeah. a lot of beginner investors. I think it's a great show for beginner investors because it is. We're doing as much as we can. We're helping people out. We got we we got you onto the show to replace the other smart yeah. investors. So now we have like le- we're legitimate. We have a millionaire investor on the show. So it's that's great. exciting. I hope he's uh, got some good stuff to share. <laughs> so do I. Or else I'm really going to be in the dirt. <laughs> uh, that's cool. So what are we going to talk about? Are we going to do some Q&A with you guys? We're going to do some fun? Q&A. So ladies and gentlemen, if you are in the chat, uh, let us know if you have any questions. We got Sabrina live from Louisiana. Hi, y'all. Hi, Sabrina. How are Hi, you doing? She She's uh, always here and love having her. And she has some great questions coming up. So um, cool. Any questions like that? Um, I'm going to start it off since uh, we're going to let people ro- slowly roll in. If you have questions, co- uh, anything you want, ask them in the chat and I'll definitely pop them up and Lloyd can answer them. But Lloyd, let's start with the uh, the first question that I have since I was a beginner investor before I met you. Um, I didn't understand stuff. Should I follow the meme stocks? <laughs> Should I follow the hype train? No, I think... Uh... Look, you can if you want, but it's just going to come to an end. I, yeah, it's very difficult to know. Like, the biggest mistake is to buy a stock. Like Warren Buffett says this: if you don't, if you're not going to hold a stock for ten years, don't hold it for ten minutes. And the problem with most people is they just want to hold stocks for ten minutes. So really, what they're doing is speculating or gambling in price rises. Now, if you're doing that and trading, you're going to have a lot of problems when it comes to tax time because you pay full freight tax, capital gains tax on those trades. And you'll end up shooting yourself in the foot because even if it goes up and you sell it and you go, yeah, I made a profit, it keeps going up. You're like, oh, no, I should have held it. And you just play this mental game in your head that you can't win. And if you buy it and it goes down and you sell it, you lose money. So it's a really, it's just not a game I play. You want to try and play long wealth games. And way too many people, I'd say 99% of people are playing short-term wealth games. They're just in it to get a short bit of money to then go and spend it. And long-term wealth games is where you can build your capital like a snowball and it'll just keep rolling and grow quite big. And you're delaying your gratification for a number of years to be wealthy. And wealth is about being able to live at your current lifestyle without having to work another day in your life. And that's the objective of investing. Not, oh, I just made 30 bucks in this trade or I made 2,000 bucks in this trade. Go me. Then what are you going to do with the money? Then what, you're going to go reinvest it again and get another meme stock and win again? This is too hard. Way too hard to consistently trade and win it's, it, it takes so much time right mm-hmm. it takes so much time so the whole idea of wealth is to be able to make money while you do other things 
So I don't, whether the stock market opens today or not, I'm very confident with my investments. Like my three positions I have in banking and travel and, and tech, I just know that those companies are going to be around for a number of years and likely going to be a lot higher than what they are now. So that's the whole idea. And if you don't know how to do that, just buy an index fund and keep adding to it. That's smart. Yeah. Well, we got Sabrina's got a interesting question here. So she's she says, I'm comfortable with the DCA right now, dollar cost averaging, because yeah. I've gotten rid of all my junk mistake stocks, which which happens to beginner investors. We all we, we hear about the wealth that investing does. So we jump on the memes because I have a retirement through work and a Roth account. I don't typically hold a lot of cash in my investment account. I just dollar cost average weekly uh, wow. with my deposit. Should I hold cash in my account and why? That's a great question. A lot of beginners have these questions. Well, statistically, no, you shouldn't hold cash in your account. If you deploy it now, statistically, you will do better with it in the market earlier than waiting for a market correction. The hardest part about trying to time the market is that no one has a crystal ball so no one knows when it's going to go down or up or otherwise it's not they just don't right they say they do and if they're right it's just way after they've said it so that it, you just can't do it so if you have a lot of cash in your account and you see the market fall part of you feels like well i'm going to keep waiting until it falls more and then it goes up you're like oh i missed my chance and then it goes up 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 and you missed it you're like fuck I could have just deployed it then and you didn't because you're waiting for more, more, more drops, more drops. So I think if you're ever going to try and time the market at all, this is what I do. I know that I can't time the perfect bottom, but I do like to buy on red days. So like if you're going to try and do anything, at least buy on a red day. So like, for example, we just up uh, added to our portfolio last Friday. Uh, the Russian-Ukrainian wars in place, a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of news out there that creates the uncertainty. Stocks have fallen off highs quite a further than what they did after those rate rise mm -hmm. scares. And I was like, you know what? I feel like there's a lot of pessimism. I feel like there's a lot of red in the market today. I love the companies we're in. I'm just going to add more to them right now. Now, when I did that on Friday, on Monday, it opened up lower. <laughs> but, and, but, how how is anyone to know you just got to yeah. try and buy on red days and if it goes even more red so be it it'll come back and and i think if you're going to buy try if you're going to buy with cash store up cash and then buy try and buy on red days but the reality is it's really smart what she's done there because you're just adding in not guessing just boom just consistency you do that into an index fund and for a long period of time and you're going to build this massive wealth snowball and i've got to tell you that's very intelligent because there we go is because you're staying around your circle of competence. And part of being wealthy and being wise and being smart and intelligent is not having a high IQ. It's knowing the limits of your ego and swallowing your pride and knowing the limits of your skills. Like there's certain companies I just don't touch because I just don't know enough. Like I just don't, I just don't. And I just don't play there. I just, man, I, I don't, smart. I don't buy I don't buy lots of stocks, I, even though they've gone up. I'm like, I could have picked that. Could, but I just, you don't have to dance at every wedding. It's true. A wise, and you, wise. And you can't dance at every wedding. So the fact that what's her name? I can't see it. Sabrina. Uh, so Sabrina. yeah, she. If if you want us to be able to see your your your, your names on the show in the uh, description, there is a thing just to hit the allow uh, streamyard to show your name on Facebook and that. I think uh, Sabrina's smart because she knows the limits of her skills 
and her ego. She's like, you know what? I'm happy with 10% return. And she ought to be because you double your money every seven years with a 10% return. So, so if you want to double your money every seven years, then just go to the S&P 500 and just dollar cost average into it. You'll be wealthier than most people. Like you will be. It's, 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 yeah. Your wealth is a your wealth is built over time, not overnight. Fine. Like yeah. Rome wasn't built in a day, but it was destroyed yeah. in one. So do you want to destroy yeah. your wealth or build it over time? Yeah. Um, you just released an episode on your podcast, Money Grows on Trees, which people should be subscribing to. It's it's a wealth of knowledge. It just helped me create my additional income flows that you talk about on micro investing. Now, do you want to go ahead and just explain a bit about micro investing? Because I need to jump off for 20 seconds because I have something being delivered. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to let you I'll talk about micro investing. Here. I'm putting yeah. the link to the episode in the, uh, in the chat. So if you want to listen to his podcast, it's over on Spotify. Go ahead and uh, listen to that while I disappear for a few seconds. Cool. Um, well, it's just me here. The, uh, the stock dirty to me. It's really weird talking to yourself. There's like a podcast episode. Okay. So I've got a question here before I talk about micro-investing. Thanks. My friends are freaking out about the correction and I'm not. Thanks for the info. No worries. Don't freak out about the correction. War, every storm runs out of rain. So the Russians will end up, they're, they're getting smashed by the sanctions. They're, they're probably going to um, put together a peace deal soon with Ukraine. I dare say the next, my, my guess would be in the next few weeks, we'll see a peace deal of some sort. And the markets will roar back up because of all the uncertainty will be gone. And if it doesn't, you just keep buying because you can buy it cheaper. But one day the, the, the rain will stop. And it'll be sunshine and rainbows. And you watch, everyone will buy then. And that's, they're buying higher, right? So it's riskier when you buy higher. So um, micro-investing. It's for all, micro-investing is, is really where you can invest into index funds for like a few dollars. And it's for people who can't save a lot. And it's for people who don't have a lot of money to invest in large positions in stocks or, or you know, index funds through funds through a normal online broker. So micro-investing apps, I'm sure you guys have heard of them all. Acorns is one. Um, if you go into different countries, they have different ones for each country, like UK's Moneybox, United States has Acorns. I think uh, Acorns is really effective. It would be my pick. And it helps you with your savings as well as uh, putting it straight into, because it's automated, right? It automates your spending, it automates your spare change investing from your purchases. So if you're a big spender, you can obviously spend money and save and put it straight into an index fund through that app. And you can get rewards and you can refer people to it. It's great. Fantastic. I think you can even choose your portfolio and even choose the S&P 500. So um, it's an effective way of starting out small. So if you're a beginner, you want to start there at the micro-investing level. Best Boom, deals on quality business. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right. Well, Thank you. It's nice to be back. back. Uh, we just talked about all of the secrets of investing. You missed it. So I have to re-listen to the episode when it comes out next week or when I upload it. Um, we got my good friend. Who is this? Wait, hold on, hold on. Uh, thanks. Sabrina saying, thanks. My friends are freaking out about the correction. I am not. Thanks for the info I learned here. Awesome. I love yeah. seeing that. Um, we got, I, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name because I feel like I'm going to do a horrible thing. They're wondering, Ag best deals. Agbegay. Again, Ferragero, Fidelis. There you go. Lloyd got it right. Best deals on quality businesses. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Like you're getting, you're buying good businesses for less. But I think the stock market has been so overvalued for so long that it has gone down and you're getting better deals on stocks like Facebook and so on. Uh, but, you know, I don't, no one really knows 
where the stock valuations are going to fall to if they're going to fall or where they're going to fall to if when the rates go up in the united states mm-hmm. we could see a flat line of the stock market for two years or three years where it just goes sideways <laughs> that happened in the 70s after the nifty 50s bubble which is the PE ratios of that were like 50 it was a lot more overvalued i think than now but it could go sideways for a year or two so you could get zero percent returns like what happens is there's this thing in investing called revert to the mean statistically revert to the mean and it means that if a stock has typically averaged x amount of growth and so on and it's got a wide moat and it's expected to continue that growth if it's had a shoot up like if if, if the s p 500 is actually got an average return of 10 and a half percent a year historically then if it has a couple of years of 25 percent returns which it has it's way above its average mean is just a sexy name for average so it's way above the mean and it has to revert back to the mean and to do that it has to actually provide returns that are less than 10 percent for a couple of years so it might get a return this year of zero percent which brings the average back to like you know 10 12 percent and it might have another year which brings it back to nine or ten percent and then all of a sudden you have a really good year so it has to go back roughly to its average return of about 10 percent so anytime you see it kicking ass and it goes 20 percent 20 is like wow there's big bull market happening just rest assured that it must revert to its mean, which means you're going to have very average shitty returns for a couple of years. So don't be shocked as rates go up if you get 0% for the next couple of years on the S&P 500. It, it just may happen like that because it's overshot the mark. And that's oh, okay. it, it's it's true because like the last two years, thanks to the coronavirus, the influx of funds into people's hands to invest in that, and like a good friend Tony, who's currently a babysitter, he's like on the show. He's supposed to be on the show, and he's like, he's in the chat. He's in the chat here. Uh, Tony thinks uh, it's going to be red for this year and possibly next year, which comes to the the uh, what you were mentioning before, yeah. where it can go sideways and bring down he's those right. historic yeah. highs and bring it back into the means. Yeah. Um, would you consider, uh, like we talked about micro investing, we talked about the c- compounding effect, like what is the power of compounding effect? Well, it's, um, it's like pushing a small snowball. Like if you go to the snow and there's a hill, uh, it works really well on cartoons. I haven't done it in real life. So, correct so me I saw wrong. a video of someone doing that. I'm in Canada. Yeah. So we, we kind of do it all the time, but it doesn't create the big snowball that we see it's just a circle it's a cylinder that's rolling down the hill but yeah let's go with that analogy in cartoon world where you get a small bit of snow you roll it down a hill it does like the snow will collect it's probably better done with other objects but it will collect itself right like it Mm -hmm. sticks and and the ball as it gets bigger the actual surface area of the ball is what is more which means as it continues to roll it actually picks up more snow and more snow and more snow so if you invest in the S&P 500 with small amounts of snow or money and it rolls one year, you're going to pick up a little bit of snow extra, right? It's a little bit of money you make from doing nothing. But the longer you do it for, the bigger the snowball is. So the more money you have in the stock market, it's like if you have a million bucks and it rolls one year and you get a 10% return, you've made a hundred grand in a year. Now, if you've got 10 million and it rolls one year, you get a million bucks for that year. So your money rolls and creates more money, the bigger the snowball gets. But where people go wrong is they're not prepared to start with small amounts of snow and they have no patience to hold it for 10 or 20 years until they get to their first million. And then when they get to the million, they sell it and go do something dumb with it. And all of a sudden, the snowball's dead. It's just liquidated. It's gone. But whereas Warren Buffett, he's actually perfected this, this snowball effect where he's kept his positions for such a long time. They're just gathering snow so much that he can make nine or 10 billion in a day. 
because it's just it's so big when you're looking at you know a portfolio of even three or four hundred million it's uh sorry billion it's fucking it's a lot of money right yeah and he's built so, it over time it took him time yeah. to get to that place he was totally. he didn't do it overnight like no, if you look at just the 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 uh the value of berkshire hathaway it started off i think back early 50s and that at like a thousand dollars a share because yeah. of all the things and then slowly going up and going up and now it's worth yeah. like 13 30 i think it's at thirty thousand dollars so yeah it's um it, it, it takes time to build up that wealth yeah. and that. Yeah, definitely does. So I, you'll get there. I think people ought to be more focused on making extra cash with two or three jobs or a couple of side hustles to add to their index fund than they are about their investing. Like don't pay, they're paying so much attention to their investing and like it's making them like an extra thousand a year just from the compound effect. That's way too much time and effort on a thousand dollars a year. Your time is worth more than that. Yeah. So stop looking at your stock chart and start going out there and spending time working and figuring out how to make more money to add to your snowball. That's where the, everyone's attention should be. And too much of it is my, most of my attention is not in investing. And it's, and it's Sabrina is saying the same thing. She's like her 15 year old hustles with babysitting and grass cutting. And she right. just opened a Fidelia account. She's going to be, she's set. If she just does the dollar cast average yeah. in the S and P. Yeah. She'll be a multimillionaire. She may not because of psychology. So give you an example of what I mean by that. Yes, she will if she sticks to the S&P 500 and dollar cost average and finds a way to make money and just, just keeps doing that. But what happens in life is that she turns 18 and she wants a car, sells the whole position, buys a car, gone. Or she turns 30, buys a house, whole position, gone. Oh, a house is still an investment, goes up in value. But you know what I mean? Like the compound effect's gone because you paid tax on it, 30% gone. Like, or 15% if you've held it for longer than years, it's gone. You don't get gains on your untaxed gains after you sell. That's why I don't believe in selling. Um, but here's what happens after that. Let's say she gets married and God willing, she doesn't get divorced, but hey, gone. It There's pitfalls in life yeah. that can interrupt the compounding effect drastically that can wreck you. And part of being a real wealthy person is to actually not let that happen. And if you look at Warren Buffett, he's been so pedantic with not doing anything dumb or avoiding really bad commercial things happening. And he's just left the snowball there. So if you've got a 15 year old and you give them those lessons and they just keep it away from everything else, they'll be flipping so wealthy. Mm -hmm. In their 40s and 50s, they'll be wealthy. Yeah, we got time. Like you, if she keeps hustling, gets a, a, a regular nine to five, hustles with that, keeps adding yeah. money into the fidelity account, it's gonna grow, grow, grow. And yeah. she she lives off of her nine to five and uses her yeah. side hustle to invest. Yeah. By 37, well, of, she'll be able to retire like you. Well, one of the things, one <laughs> of the things that if you turn 40 or 50 of that, you put it into a high income fund, like a high yielding ETF or you know, AT&T, or I don't know what is a high yielding stock at the moment, like Chevron, five and a half percent, six percent yield. You then you got like 60 to 70, 80,000 a year in income. It does allow you to get out of your job and it does allow you to start working on things and projects that you love. And and that's the whole idea, you know, to give you financial independence. Plus with the, the stock market and having those stocks, you can use that as leverage to get like loans and that to buy because it's part of your net worth. So you don't mm -hmm. necessarily have to pull money out of the stock market. You can use it as collateral yeah. and keep going like that. Um, so we have... Uh, our good friend from Nigeria, he just got access to the stock market in 2020 
and he's they're looking to play the long game. He, he the they're smart, like they're they're starting off smart because they have all this knowledge to drive from, yeah. and they can just keep learning and see what the long term game is. Yeah. And being not carrying the hustle, man. That hustle is they're flipping on social media. Oh, yeah. I see him pop they're, up. There's a lot from that Nigeria. There's, they're, they're wanting peace. They're, they're capitalists. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're like, hey, we've been taking advantage of. We're going to now take advantage of the systems that we're taking advantage yeah, of. Yeah, us yeah, now, yeah. Right? yeah. Bless them. And we got Tony uh, chiming in because he's the economist and he knows this stuff. $100 a week into the S&P 500 for 25 years will get you $600,000 minimum. Yeah. So just on that too, to add to Tony's point, $230 a week will get you to a million. Jesus. Jesus, that's, that's 500, a week, 500 a week will get you to 2 million and a thousand week will get you to four. Jesus, with the knowledge here, I definitely need to start upping my, uh, um, oh, we got, uh, now I want, Tony does want us to touch on crypto because of what's happening, you know, with the ruble and with the fear of global currencies and all that. There's been a pop in, yeah. uh, in I, the currency buying. It's such an uncertain place out there. I there's something that's popped up this morning that's caught my attention with Bitcoin. That's interesting because it's a bit of a flick on my position that I've taken for so long with it. I, oh. still, think, I still think that crypto is just like the whole flipping things going to dry up when end rates go up. But one thing about Bitcoin that interests me now, just this morning, that's good timing. Yeah, is that if if the US and Britain and Australia, you know, the Western major democracies. The major powers. Right? Yeah. If they adopt a digital currency that's on a blockchain, that's got open book transactions and accounting and so on, and everyone's paid in that, and it's, and it's managed by the government, it's open book, right? You know exactly what's going where. They said in Britain, I was on the Joe Rogan podcast, that, they you can use that money to buy things deemed fit by the government and so here's something that's cropped up with digital currencies that could be a problem and i wish they hadn't been invented frankly i wish that they had because of this reason a social credit system so what they have you ever seen the episode of black mirror where your time like a social credit score yeah yeah where where like you can only spend money if you're a perfect citizen and like you can't spend it on cigarettes you can't spend it on out like they will dictate what what you can do with your money based on how much time you put in the similar to market. what's kind of going on in uh in china with their uh their digital rmb yeah 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 so china's a bit different though because it's not it's not a it's it's not it's it's communist, so they've they control all the state's assets already. So they so, use well, I, I, I like to say that it's a it's a government controlled capitalist system because they yeah, do yeah, allow. That, well, yeah, it's a communist it, capitalist like merger yeah, of ideas, but is, still capitalist uh, communist at the top. That's right. Yeah. So I think that there's a nice sweet spot that, that obviously is effective. But now they're successful, they may change that. Who knows? But um, they're they're a collectivist culture. It suits the way that they are as a people they're very collab you know groupthink and stuff like that where we're individualistic culture we we thrive on hey being the best singularly and look at elon musk what he's done because of that particular fact so here's the problem with the social credit score if that happens and they do have a digital currency you lose a lot of freedom 
And I think the only way out of that is is Bitcoin. <laughs> so, so are you saying that you may invest in Bitcoin, Lloyd? Is that, I won't that what no, 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 I won't invest in it. But but I think these 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 innovations that crop up, they tend to take a lot longer than what you think to be implemented and start mm. to come to fruition. They do. Like people were talking about electric cars. Well, they were talking about flying cars in the 40s, 50s. Still haven't got them. But so they're talking about electric vehicles 10 years ago and they still haven't really become mainstream yet close but not yet and automatic like auto driving cars like when was that supposed to be around so there's elements of technology that don't go as swiftly as what you anticipate and i think a digital currency in the western world it won't be you've got to be careful how you deploy that because if they get it too quickly there'll be a run on banks people will take their fiat currency out of banks and then once you do that there's no credit and you have a depression so they've got to be careful how they do it but potentially the only way as a black market currency that could be available could be the blockchain or what I anticipate actually happening <laughs> because of people's inability to handle technology just across the board of how we are is that we'll move to barter again and it just kind of goes well hang on a sec we've got a centralized currency here that's deemed fit by the government to do this this and this all our freedoms go on social credit score well I'm going to give you this toilet paper for this you know xyz thing noodles. yeah so you start to see the whole currency shift back to the how it was originally which is actually a fair exchange of value of items between people and that's the original currency barter it's how the american indians did it you know it goes it's what everybody it's what life was built on before that's how money's on money currency is only supposed to be for that to make yeah. it easier to barter but if you go to a control mechanism where there's a social credit score people are not going to Market. there's going to be a black market for everything yeah. and it'll just you'll have i think that could begin world war three where there's like an uprising against governments don't you mean kind of like world war four maybe because we're kind of solely in that right now what's going world on three no i think russia's getting so smashed by it. it's one oh, side yeah. of war but but i think world war three would be the uprising of of yeah go, the people against most governments because i think yeah. they've just become, they've got too much power um so that's a potential. There's a good Joe Rogan podcast to listen to about that. But I, I feel like Bitcoin could find its feet later if that was to be the case. Kind of Would what I... it was originally. What yeah. it was originally well... on the dark web and that. Because it was technically barter. Like, I'm going to give you this yeah. Bitcoin for this item or... Yeah, cash is better. Yeah, of course cash is better. Cash, cash is king. Better. Cash, is be cash is untraceable. Yeah, well, if the cash is around, it's still better than Bitcoin. But... But I think people were really into Bitcoin because they're doing it for an investment. They're trying to get more fiat for their bank for their buck, right? Or they're trying to fight inflation. There's all these things floating around. Now, it hasn't really beaten inflation this year. It's gone way backwards, right? So you're down 50% or something. So I, I don't think it's a safe place for money. I think buying businesses will always be a safe place for money because if you own businesses, you have legal ownership of the business. Yeah. And that's a wonderful asset to own, particularly if it's a very, very strong business. So if you're buying the index fund, you're actually buying the top 500 best businesses in America or, or US stock exchange. And it would be hard to see how you, like owning assets like that is better than owning actual currency. So I still it's, believe- It's constantly paying you and it's worth, your money's well, growing worth, and that. Yeah, business, business is productive. It's, it, it's, you get growth in the business itself. You get cash flow. you. It, it makes the world go around. They can't just eliminate businesses. They can't social credit that. They, you can own 
businesses once you own it it's legal tender and if they lose that then the fucking whole world's finished if you can't actually protect ownership of property which is what the economy is built on yeah and the government's supposed to do to protect your thing um this is this is great uh advice for someone uh you know how important long-term investing is this is from dorothy she posted someone in the uh posted that their friend's mother passed away he went to do her taxes and discovered his mom had purchased apple and had added to it it's now worth three million dollars yeah there's a really mm. good saying <laughs> it's amazing there's a really good saying that the best people the best investors are all dead <laughs> Ow. but yeah it's true because because they don't tinker with their portfolio <laughs> It's true. They don't. The best investors um, are all dead. Yeah. Let's go here. We got um, we got Tony being funny here. He wants to know if you're going to convert your portfolio to rubles. Well, uh, it's interesting because yeah, the rubles dropped fifty percent. You know, nineteen ninety eight it dropped seventy five percent when they invaded Crimea. Maybe I forget what it was, but Russia is fucked. Like yeah. it's getting economically destroyed, and I just feel so sorry for some of the people there that that. They can't get paid. Some people can't get paid. Their stock market was closed yeah. specifically to the stop yeah. from a drop. Yeah. Um, it's a gnarly example of what so like what communist thinking, Marxism think like it, it's a real result of what that's like. Mm-hmm. And Putin is on his back foot thinking, well, I can go to war here because nothing we're gonna it's just an it's just a shitty spot. And you look at their North Korea, some parts of Asia, like it. I just think democracy is not perfect and capitalism is not perfect, but sure shit better than what they've got. Yeah. Yeah. We you got, know? uh, Tony's talking about how the, uh, Russian board index fund RSX yeah. hasn't recovered since 2008. Um, we got our good friend from Nigeria saying, I agree. I could dip into trip uh, crypto trading crypto, but owning businesses are better. It is owning business. Um, yeah. We have our good friend Mark, who's chilling in the backyard of Tony right now. Um, he's found shorting Russian stocks really successful in the past week. Right. If you're good at doing that, uh, I I really don't want to dip into the shorting of stocks and all that, especially when it comes to Russia, because you never know what they're going to do. Um, yeah, it's hard though, like because if you short the market now, obviously, your probabilities there are you strong on your research and you have a pretty strong probability that they're not going to stop the war so but if you short take short positions and they happen to just come together in belarus and create some sort of meet some sort of basic peace agreement you're screwed <laughs> if you're stop on your short then you're gonna probably lose money so betting i find this that trying to make money from macro trends that are uncertain that i have no control over is a really risky way to manage my capital what I try and do is I try and spot uncertainty in the marketplace that drops the value of great businesses that are still going to be around. And I buy those because there's elements of certainty I can control and I can see and measure. And that's where, that's why I don't even short stocks. I just, because you, you, when you short something, your losses are unlimited. I know people know that your losses are actually unlimited because it can go vector up limited amounts. But when you buy a stock, you're only limited to the losses of the money you have invested. But if you short one, you are unlimitedly liable infinitum. So you can go bankrupt is what that means. So sometimes investing is just about being intelligent for the long game, not doing smart things, but avoiding really dumb things. So I, I just, I don't play in that space. 
takes too much of my time, effort, and mind, and the losses are unlimited, and the gains are not worth it, and I can't swing millions of dollars into it and sleep at night. And they're the types of big thinking ideas that you may want to consider, unless you're a pro at it. There you go. And uh, Tony's jumping in here with holding cash, buying gold, real estate, and stocks is the best way to go. Yeah. Yeah, I know about gold. Um, but I think real estate and stocks, definitely. There you go. Um, guys, if you have any other questions, come on. You have a millionaire investor here willing to answer. He charges. And speaking of that, he does have a uh, – let me just bring it up. Uh, you have something on micro investing coming up, right? Yeah, I got a workshop, a live workshop. Um, I'm coming up next week. It'll be yeah, next Thursday. The is it, is it 10th, 10th of March in Australia, anyway. So, yeah, the 9th of March. <laughs> 10th of March. Uh, got a got a live workshop. I'm just going to go through some like uh, fundamentals of investing. And then talk about micro investing and just how effective it is and just explain it to people because i think there's a lot of beginners that even probably watch this or in this group whatever it is and they they just don't understand fundamentals so even if they're micro investing into those apps that i spoke about earlier they're not really sure what they're doing and they're not really sure how to make take advantage of the app properly and what the long-term game is or what to flip out of when you get to a certain point and i think i've just taught so many people about that so i'm doing a workshop for people that want to know how to do it. And I think it's wonderful if you want to teach your kids too, you know, teach so, the next generation. Cause they're not learning this in school. No, this is definitely something that you don't learn in school. Oh, yeah. we have Sabrina popping in. I don't have much knowledge on REITs. Can you discuss yeah. a little? Sure. Um, REITs, real estate investment trusts. Basically it's a syndicate Well, it's, it's where, there's a group of real estate assets. So like usually it's like industrial real estate assets in a group or there's commercial office real estate assets or residential, whatever it is. There's usually like a, you know, several real estate assets that um, are put into a trust and that trust is then traded as a stock. It's a step called a stapled security and it's actually stapled to the stock market and it flow, you can see the price movements of that particular trust. So it's, it's like buying a stock and you're basically buying a share or a unit of the trust that you own legally. And so it's an element of a share of ownership of those real estate assets. So when it comes to investing in REITs, you're really investing in real estate and where that's beneficial instead of direct real estate is they're usually higher quality. So they're very high quality tenants, very high quality assets in good locations. They're managed by someone else. So you don't have to worry about the, the, the contract of buying and selling. Yeah. They're also, um, you know, they provide an income, they go grow in value, which is good. The only thing is that um, a lot of the time there's, you know, the, there's an operating cost of those assets. So the yield is the, the dividend yield from the rentals is quite usually a little bit smaller, but that's okay. Um, if you want to be exposed to real estate, it's a wonderful way to get real estate exposure. But I think something to consider is always ask yourself, does it beat the S&P 500? Now, if you look at real estate assets versus businesses, businesses are by and large riskier enterprises than real estate. And the riskier the enterprise, generally the higher the return you'll get. So in my opinion, if you're going to look at a REIT, look at the last 10 or 20 years and just ask yourself, has this beaten the S&P 500? And is it likely to continue to do so if it has? And I think what you'll find is they haven't because 
businesses tend to outperform real estate as an investment because of the risk profile. So if, if that's the case where you're like, oh, should I do a REIT? Should I do a first mortgage fund? Should I buy bonds? Should I buy gold? Should I buy blah, 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 blah. You got all these kind of like options out there to, to buy stuff. Always ask yourself, has it beaten the S&P 500 and will it in the future? If the answer is no, why fuck it? You'll lose money if you invest in any of those things. Just go S&P 500. There we go. There's a reason why Warren Buffett gets on CNBC and 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 flipping Yahoo Finance and so on. And he says very, very clearly, he says, put 90% of your money into the S&P 500 index fund, 10% into cash, and shut up and do nothing. And <laughs> he doesn't go, oh, put some into REITs. Put some into uh, gold. Put so you don't fucking say that. I I I I I don't understand. Unless you're going to be a value investor, which is what he does, and you can beat the market handsomely. Like I'm trying to beat the market. I I want to get a twenty percent compound return every year. That would just double the return of the market. If I do that consistently, I can double my money every three years instead of seven. I think I can. We'll see how we go for the next ten years. If I can't, I'm indexing. But here's the thing: you've got the world's greatest money manager and investor of all time telling you what to do and and your ego is so big that you go off and flip and do crypto and gold and real estate and but why the flipping heck why why and i think part of it is because people get bored it's too boring just going index 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 so part of this i just did an episode and i don't even remember i don't know if you listen to the episode on the podcast it's called boredom uh let me just check and bring up uh, the magic number, leverage, money rule, fear, failure. No, that's coming out. That's coming okay, out coming next out. week. So I talk about this topic. I'm like, boredom is arguably the greatest threat to wealth creation because people get so bored with this and people, they start speculating these other assets and they shoot themselves in the foot. And it's because of boredom. There's no excitement. And so people, it's a weird psychological thing, but excitement needs kill your wealth. <laughs> yeah so if you want excitement just build a side hustle there's okay. your excitement yeah, there and i can totally. tell you there's a lot of excitement in it because it goes up and down 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 yeah. so it's it's better to have your excitement outside your stock market where I, you're yeah i love that about warren buffett mainly he just loves to make money in such a boring like he bought chevron uh the oil company um six months ago maybe when oil was out at born out's ass and for a hundred bucks, less than a hundred bucks a share. It's now like 140, but he's made 40% on that investment. It's such a boring company. Who the hell wants to own an oil company anyway? Right? But he, that's how he works. He's like, there's the numbers. I understand it. I'm betting on that. It's crazy good. Speaking of uh, oil, we got our good friend over in Nigeria, uh, Abugad. He, I'm sorry if I destroy your name, sir. It's it's I'm horrible with names. Any thoughts on Biden's threshold for internal combustion engines related to EV adoption? Do you know uh, anything about that? Well, I'm not an expert in the area of EV and combustion engine, but I am pretty well versed in the history of economics and markets. And and if you look back, history doesn't repeat, but it rhymes. And I think what you're seeing is a bit of like the horse to the motor car experience or, you know, the, the horse to the railroad type. I think it's more like the horse to the car. You're getting this new technology and we're seeing the old technology fall away and you're seeing new EV technology appear. 
and it's dictated by the market you know um i think governments are trying to say hey no more petrol engines beyond 2030 and all that but i think the market will pick up and run with it there seems to be this narrative of sustainability that the next generation of people seem to really love and uh the people love buying into the narrative so once the narrative becomes really it, it's pretty strong already the greenhouse effect and so on so I think the market will just adjust and buy EVs, and I think we'll see the end of the combustion engine in the next 20, 30 years, probably. There we go. I, I see that happening. I think it's, the trend is pretty obvious to pick, but here's the thing. People will see that, and they get investing confused with new technology. It's the dumbest thing ever. It's like, it's like back in the railroad days when railroads were around, there was tons of railroad companies, and everyone was buying stocks in the railroad companies because it's new technology. Mm -hmm. And of course, all of them went broke except for two. Then when the combustion engine came out and it replaced horses, everyone was betting on, there was 200,000 motor vehicle construct manufacturers in America, 200,000. And I was like, oh, I'll go buy this, this car, you know, whatever it is. And they're trying to bet on which one will win. Oh, this is 2,000, 200,000. This is a big number. But two, uh, one didn't go back up Ford. 2008 the only one that actually didn't go bankrupt was one so you had to pick one in 2001 in terms of some massive number one in a lot to win and so what happens with the ev market is people say oh it's a new technology i'm gonna make so much money they go better they get i don't know who's gonna win we don't know it, I, an upshot could start and boom change the market overnight so it's it's something it's not it's really worth it. not, it's just it's just a the the margins in motor cars are razor thin and there's very usually very few competitive advantages except for scale. Um, it's just a real uncertain place to put money. And soon well, we're going to yeah. have cars that drive themselves. So owning a car, you can you can end up being a share share rides. You know, like you just ordered a car, like an Uber or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, Sabrina, think, oops, hold on. Sabrina is uh, happy because she also bought Chevron at a hundred too. So she was smart, like Warren Buffett. There we go. Yeah, that forty percent return there. Yeah, as well. that's smart. It was a it was a clear buy. He bought it. He like well copycat Warren into that, and everyone had the chance. But I think that everyone's turned off by oil because hmm. <laughs> it's old hat. Even though it literally runs the world and it will be around for a very long time. Yeah, because everything the byproducts of oil as well. You have to think of plastics. You know. Well, think uh, about this. Think about this. People don't understand this. You're right about the oil and the plastics, um, but. Think about the 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 oil required to run the machinery, mm -hmm. to farm the wheat or to farm the crop, even for the cattle, to then move the cattle or the crop to the place to manufacture, run the manufacturing machinery, then to, then fuel the trucks to move it to shopping centers, then the actual oil needed to um, you know manufacture plastics for the packaging, and then the oil needed for the guy who's driving your uber eats to your front door like oils fuck, it is so ingrained mm -hmm. it's going to take a while before oil gets oh, removed God. from our uh our ecosystem of investing in that um lloyd i know you're going to be ha you're going to have to jump off soon because you do have your uh your your courses and that that you you your masterminds that you host all the time and people learn from the master yourself so how about you tell us where we can find you, how we can uh, learn about you, and uh, if we want to uh, continue with you. Well, uh, you can find me at my handles on the screen there, Lloyd James Ross on Instagram. Um, you can jump in there. I got um, some cool 
but you can go follow my podcast, Money Grows on Trees. The link to that is actually in my bio, my Instagram. And uh, yeah, go check out the link in my bio on Instagram. You can see my books, mentorship, lots of stuff. But hey, I do lots of reels there for free. You can check out too. So. Oh yeah, your reels have been popping off. I love seeing your reels and getting more knowledge uh, from uh, from you, even though I get, uh, I get a <laughs> handful of episodes before everybody. So I get a whole course before everybody else yeah. does. And uh, it's amazing. So ladies and gentlemen, make sure you go over, check out Lloyd Ross on Instagram, get some extra knowledge. If you, before you want to invest in him, see all those reels he has he provides so much so much free content for you to take uh to the bank and start increasing and planting your money trees um and it's a wise decision to follow him because i've planted mine and uh, it's growing and i'm so happy uh that i connected with lloyd uh two oh my god it's going to be two years soon man no way no <laughs> no 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 because yeah. We only well, launched no. the podcast in March last year. Yeah, we launched the podcast in March, but I interviewed you in December of last year, uh, in 2020, I believe. Okay, so like 18 months, right? Yeah, it's 18 months. It's coming up to two, two years. Look, your friendship is already bearing fruit. My tree is already growing in less than a year. Ladies and gentlemen, mm -hmm. that's how smart it is to follow Lloyd's podcast and Lloyd on Instagram. Uh, make sure you go check us out on Instagram, uh, Stock Dirty to me, uh, Stock Dirty Pod. And if you want to follow me and learn how to grow a podcast or, you know, start your own podcast and then uh, be a wise investor like Lloyd, uh, the Invest in Yourself brand is out there. So go over to Spotify and go invest in yourself, the digital entrepreneur, the podcast, or just follow me on Instagram, podcast mogul, feel better. Guys, I want to thank you so, so much for being here. You guys are awesome. Lloyd, again, thank you for taking the time. Thanks, and, uh, remember, guys, smart investing. <laughs>